Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. Uh, this is just Dan today. Uh, big cast is off this week. My man's been working hard. Uh, he has a big day tomorrow. Uh, believe it or not, he might be seeing Ryan Day tomorrow. So we'll, you know, we'll probably touch upon that next week. Cast, good luck, me and Ryan Day. Hopefully, uh, maybe we can get him on the show. Love you, Coach Day. Would love to have you on. You know, it's a dream. But uh, shout out, Cass. You know, have a good week off, my buddy. Uh, but we got, you know, not a crazy episode this week. Some minor things to touch upon. Um, so let's get into it. I mean, first things first, uh, Ohio State today, huge, huge, huge um, transfer portal um, signing in basketball. Ohio State locks down uh, 50-year senior, uh, former Minnesota Golden Gopher. Um, he also played at, I believe it was George Washington, um, Jameson Battle. Uh, small forward. Um, if you watch any of this guy's game, he this is a really exciting pickup for the Buckeyes. Someone, you know, something that the Buckeye basketball team desperately need. We need we need a you know a a, a tall forward type guy. Um, obviously, he provides a lot of length, shoots really well, um, and, and I mean we know he can do it in the Big Ten. He at, he shot forty one point four percent from the floor. Um, 33.9% from three-point range. But, I mean, he's 6'7 and 220 pounds. Um, we know he can get it done in the Big Ten. I, I mean, not a ton of people watch Minnesota basketball, but um, this guy brought it. And if you watch the games, um, like I was watching the Big Ten tournament, Jameson Battle, is a he goes to battle. He, he's a war daddy. Um, he, he, he really knows how to play. It's a really exciting signing, in my opinion. Um uh, he did average 12.4 for the Gophers this year. Um, and, but, you know, he's also at times averaged, um, you know, in 2021 and 2020, he averaged over 17 points a game. So he's a really good player. Um, you know, didn't really play well against Nebraska. And for, I mean, against Maryland in the Big Ten tournament, only had two points in that game. But Nebraska, he did have 13. Uh, that was an impressive win for them. Uh, you know, that that was kind of an upset, and I thought – um, the highlight of this, his year, though, was the 31 points he scored against uh, Illinois. So, Jameson Battle, really welcome addition, in my opinion. Um, and we're going to see what Holtman does with him. Obviously, though, um, this was probably one of the bigger targets in the portal. A lot of people had him ranked as one of the top guys in the portal. He could have gone to the NBA. Um, he was most likely a late second-round pick G League guy, though, everyone was saying. So he probably made the right decision. We'll see. Um, I just hope, you know, we continue to, you know, he continues to improve when he comes to Ohio State. I don't want to see him, you know, not getting any minutes, averaging, you know, two points a game. I don't think that's going to happen in this case. I really don't. I see. I find it hard to believe just because how lengthy he is, um, too. I mean, 6'7", 220. He can honestly play some power forward, too, I feel like. Um, so it's, it's a really welcome addition. Um, cause now we have, you know, obviously off power, probably center Zed key center two. maybe Zed key sl- plays a little four, but battle, you know, he probably slides into the three, four range. Obviously Gale is a, is a three. Um, and then Thornton and why am I, and maybe Bryce, if Bryce is back, 
you know, that's your guard combo. We're still waiting on Bryce, but we are still waiting on Bronny James. That's the big one. Um, and news today, because kind of segueing over, Bronny James, um, it's, it looks like his recruitment is now down to two, Ohio State and USC. I'm looking at the odds here. I, I, I'm not sure if they updated it. I did read this last time. Ohio State was plus 125, and I believe USC was plus 200. Um, and Ohio State had implied probability of 44.4%. USC had implied probability of 33.3%. It's now close to about 50-50 each from what I'm gathering. Um, he he was in Oregon, Ronnie James, in Portland at the Nike Hoop Summit. Um, and he did say, you know, it's always nice to be here. It's a nice city. I like the weather out here. It's nice to be here with all the guys and experience this USA. Um, and if you watch the Odd McDonald's All-American game, he did play really well, actually. Shot all threes. Um, scored 15, I believe. Didn't really, you know, really shine. I, he, he, he's going to be a pretty good shooting guard, I think, um, at the collegiate level. Something where, you know, if Bryce doesn't come back, um, you know, you slide him into the lineup. This team could be dangerous. I'm going out on a limb here. I think this could be definitely Holtman's best team next year. And I'm not – I don't think I'm speaking in a hyperbole. I don't think I'm being dramatic here. I just think when you look at, you know, the roster we have coming in, the core – with the talent, with the you know the talent on roster, with adding battle, with the the freshmen coming in, and you know if we get Bronny James, um, this team, and I, I I it's not I know it's college basketball, anything can happen. I would be shocked if this team doesn't make the Sweet Sixteen if we get Bronny James. I I, I would honestly be shocked. A crazy upset would would have to happen, which I mean is not like I said, it's not impossible in college basketball. It's we saw Purdue go down. Excuse me. Um, we saw, uh, you know, Purdue go down. We saw Arizona go down to Princeton. Um, we saw Virginia go down to Furman this year. Upsets happen in the tournament. I get that. Uh, but this would be Holtman's best chance, in my opinion, to really make a deep run with this roster. So I'm really, really excited um, about this team. And I know it's it's crazy. Dan is positive for once. You know. Uh, breaking news: Dan is positive about the basketball team, but I, I mean, I really am. I, I think this could be a really phenomenal uh, start, and you know, something that Ohio State fans have been really longing for. So, um, and also, we're forgetting Devin Royal too. Can't forget Devin Royal, um, but it's going to be interesting. I know people are, are out on Bryce. I, he can return, so we're going to see. We're going to pencil that in for later. Um, Right now, I mean, this this is the roster. We have Zed Key, Owen Spencer, Jameson Battle, Tanner Holden. Can't forget about Tanner Holden, by the way. Um, we have Felix Opara, Kalen Etzler, who I, I thought I thought Etzler would do something. Uh, I'm kind of shocked he hasn't seen a lot of minutes. It, that that's interesting to me. Um, Bryce Sensabaugh, big question mark there, but fingers crossed. Roddy Gale. Um, Bowen Hardman, who, you know, Bowen didn't really play much last year, but he was a high-ranked high, high ranked recruit. Um, he's a guy who could continue to develop. You know, like, let's not let's not count out Bowen Hardman because um, he's only a sophomore at this point. So he didn't play as his freshman, but that doesn't mean he's not going to continue to develop, get better. And then uh, Bruce Thornton, you know, Bruce Thornton, the captain, the leader. Um, freshman coming in, Austin Parks, 
big center, big recruit, really exciting. Um, Devin Royal, obviously, you know, Mr. Ohio basketball, just just stud. Scotty Middleton, Taysen Chapman, and then perhaps Bronny James. Um, that's a good roster, though. That's a really exciting roster, in my opinion. Um, and we're just going to see how it plays out. But right now, I'm positive about it. Um, a lot, a lot of, obviously, it's off season, so a lot can happen. Um, but we'll see. In other news, kind of, kind of moving on. I wanted to touch upon this because um, we have we have a guy in our twi- our Twitter DMs, and he's all he's been tweeting stuff um, at us for years, and I kind of you know brush him off, and I feel bad at times because I, I I I didn't really think it was a big deal, but you know this is a big deal. I'm gonna give him a shout out here. Um, Director Cup updates on Twitter. It's at Direct underscore Cup updates or I said it wrong. Sorry, folks. It's been a long day. It's at direct underscore cup dates. So it's it's like updates, but cup dates. Uh, it's director cup updates, though, is the full name. It's at director cup dates. He has – Ohio State is currently number one in the director cup. Uh, and you're asking me, oh, Dan, what is the director cup? Um, it's basically just, you know, all the sports aggregated together across division one. And, you know, they take they take a bunch of metrics uh, and just determines, oh, who's, who's the best athletic program? Currently, Ohio State is leading it. Now, I will say, uh, Director Cup updates on Twitter, he does have Texas winning it overall. Uh, he's projecting them to finish with 1,428.5. Stanford will finish second with 13 point, uh, well, yeah, 1,331 points. He has Ohio State three with 1,700 uh, – oh, my God. I can't even think today. It's been a long day, like I said. 1,174.25 points he has Ohio State. And then th- uh, fourth is North Carolina, fifth Virginia. But Ohio State um, is the second Big Ten team in his top ten. Penn State is – looks like going to finish ninth according to him. But um, leading the way for Ohio State – because um, it's just like I said, it's it's all about how the athletic program does as an aggregate. Women's hockey, believe it or not, um, led the way for them, ninety points because they finished second. Uh, football was the second in most points for us with eighty points. They finished fourth. Then wrestling, uh, they finished with eighty points, fourth nationally. Fencing, seventy fifth, fifth nationally, and then it starts going down. You get you get the gist. Um, Women's swimming and diving with 73.5. Women's basketball with 73. Women's volleyball with 73. Men's swimming and diving with 66. Women's cross country with 60. Um, women's indoor track and field, 55.5. Men's soccer, 50. Women's soccer, 50. Uh, men's indoor track and field, 32. Um, so, and I we do I do want to point out that they only receive Directors Cup points for NCAA sanctioned sports. Um, even though Ohio State did win a national championship in synchronized swimming and pistol, so that, that those are not counted. So, um, you know, credit to those teams. Obviously, they did what they needed to do. Fortunately, it's just not counted for the Directors Cup. But um, just wanted to make a note of that because I know I know we have some people that actually you know, you know want to hear about that. Um, but. The meat and potato of this episode, you know, we talked a little about basketball, talked a little Director's Cup. 
I want to touch on, because I think this would be a good time to do it, because next week obviously is a spring game. We're going to get into previewing it and then breaking it down the next week after. But really, I think this is a good time to kind of take inventory um, on the NFL draft for the Buckeyes. And I know we had a ton of Buckeyes, obviously, per usual, compete in pro day. Not, 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 you know, not shocking. But I just kind of want to go over um, what rounds I expect these Buckeyes to go in um, or if they're not going to get drafted. Um, I will obviously say that. Um, and, you know, maybe what teams I think they'll go to. Now, disclaimer, some of the guys going later rounds, I'm not, I'm not going to – that's going to be tough. I'm just going to – I'm not going to get into the teams on those guys in the later rounds. But, you know, the first couple rounds, it's okay to estimate. Uh, but, you know, once you get into like the fourth – fifth, sixth, seventh round undrafted guys, they could go anywhere. It's just about value at that point, and teams are just going to take the best player available. It's not even for need. So um, I just want to you know, get into this and kind of think of what would be the best spot. So I'm going to start. Obviously, I have C.J. Stroud. I think he goes number one overall. Panthers. Um, I feel like that's a done deal. When you see him speaking with, you know, McCown, they're saying, oh, something about like, I think they got to go golf, oh, hoop or something. I think it was hoop. Or was it golf? No, my mind's on the Masters. It was hoop. Um, They said they want to hoop together down in Charlotte. I I do feel like CJ Stroud um, seems like a really good fit in Charlotte. I think the biggest difference is the size difference between him and Young. I think they're going to trust that. Stroud is more refined as a pocket passer. I also think, you know, the knack, the, the knock on Stroud's game is just he never had a clutch moment. But that's really it. It's You, you can't question his work ethic. Um, you can't question his desire. And, and, and I, I mean, he did have a clutch moment. Obviously the Rose Bowl, but it's just he never – when you compare him to like, you know, JT Bear or Justin Fields, he didn't have any of those moments it felt like, but he still had clutch moments. Obviously the run in the Peach Bowl to get him in field goal range, the throw to JSN in the Rose Bowl. These are all clutch moments, but just unfortunately, it just it's not as great as, you know, the JT Bear against Penn State or, you know, Justin Fields against Clemson just because, you know, the Rose Bowl I feel like was unfortunately kind of like a consolation game. As much as we don't want to say that, it, it, it was. Um, and then uh, the field goal obviously wasn't good. So that's where he gets kind of dinged. But he, he was very close to being clutch. Um, he's super accurate, though. No one is ever going to question his accuracy. So I, I, I do have Stroud at one. Um, and I think that's, that is a no-brainer. Um, moving on, I do have Paris Johnson going um, to the Bears. Ninth overall, I believe. Um, that just makes sense. Um, he could honestly go higher just because, um, you know, he's he, – other than the Northwestern kid, he is the best um, tackle in the draft. Uh, he is the best lineman in the draft, hands down. So I, I, I do think, you know, that makes a lot of sense when you look at it. Um, I know I've seen some drafts having Paris Johnson going as high as seven to the Raiders. That also makes sense. I just think nine to the Bears. The Bears need a need need him. Um, so yes, uh, I have at eleven. 
I have JSN going at number eleven. The Titans they need they need more another receiver. They need a game changer. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry's getting old. They drafted a kid from um, what's it, Arkansas. They drafted Burks from Arkansas. He was okay. You know, had about close to five hundred yards, like a touchdown or two. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, eye popping. They need a number one. JSN's that number one. I have him going to the Titans. A lot of mock drafts have him going to um, the Texans at 12. No, no, no. I have him going to the Titans. Um, I think that just makes the most sense. Um, I also I, – I, I truly think – you know, call me crazy. When you look at all the numbers, a, another guy who I think should go first round, I think he's shooting up the leaderboards, is Dewan Jones. Um Dewan Jones just makes a lot of sense in the first round. It, it, when you look at his pro football metrics and everything, he was an absolute stud. Um, now, where does he really fit in the first round? I think he fits it at the end, number 31 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. They just lost Orlando Brown, you know, a monster, um, big guy, uh, similar to Dewan Jones. I think, you know, DeWan should, could go to Kansas City and, you know, make a, an immediate impact. So I have him sliding into the end of the first round, Kansas City. Um, now, this is where it gets a little, you know, crazy. But I, I think Luke Weipler, um, he's probably a second to third round type guy. I, I think, though... You know, we saw him meet with the Steelers. I think that makes sense. I think a team like the Steelers could really use him. Or even the Ravens, they did lose their guard um, to the Broncos this offseason. I think Luke Weipler would make a really good AFC North player. Um, so, yes, I I just have Luke Weipler, second or third round, one of those two AFC North teams. That makes sense to me. Zach Harrison um, is an interesting guy, too, because obviously – we he's shown many flashes um, back in the day, uh, but he, he never had a tr- I feel like a truly statistical you know insane season um, if that makes sense you know he, he obviously had great games at times, but when you look at the body of work it was never um, I don't know it just I feel like he he he, he hasn't played his best ball yet. Um, I do have him, though, going in the third round, which I think is a steal, absolute steal. I think the Bears, honestly, are a team that could really use him, or the Texans. Um, you know, these are teams that don't really have rushers, good linemen in the most part, um, well, good defensive linemen. They need all the help they can get. Zach Harrison, you know, he could play multiple positions on that front. I think he's a steal in the third round. Could have been a first rounder if he just had a monster season. He had a very great season. Don't get me wrong, but just he ne- he doesn't have the statistical numbers to back him up going that high. With that being said, third round is nothing to be ashamed of. So I think he goes third round, Texans or Bears, but early third, early early third. Um. So yes, uh, moving on. After after that, it, it it gets tough. I would probably say Teron Vincent would be 
The next guy off the board, I would say he's a fifth to sixth round guy. Same with um, um, Cam Brown. You know, I thought the Cam Brown Cam Brown didn't run a forty as impressive. I thought only a four point five nine. I thought you know everyone thought he was going to break four three. That was the rumor. It didn't come close. That really hurts him. But I think you know obviously these are mid round guys. Um, oh, and, you know, and how can I forget actually Tanner McAllister? I would like to say he's probably a fourth, fourth to fifth round guy. I think he goes obviously higher than Cam Brown, Teron Vincent, because he showed he could play at multiple, multiple different levels, um, not levels, but on different teams and be you know successful. Um, so yeah, Hickman, I think he's a fifth round guy too. I mean, he you could kind of throw him in there with Vincent and Cam Brown in that same tier. I think Hickman's a much better player than both of them. The problem with Hickman, though, is the fact that, you know, he didn't look great um, at the Senior Bowl. Got cooked in some drills, unfortunately. Um, he is kind of a tweener. I feel like it's, uh, you know, only uh, 209 pounds, uh, you know, just a little over six foot. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to really project where he's going to go. Um, you know, some one team, some teams might fall in love with him if you put him in the right skill set. He seems like a guy that I could see ending up in New England as like a, you know, like the, one of those hybrid guys. Um, special teams, definitely. It's just he's so hard to project at this the next level because he's not great in man coverage. He's a really good tackler and he's fast, but he's a little undersized. So wherever he goes, he I, they got to find the right way to use Hickman. I, I think he's really talented. It's just I'm not sure how he's going to really translate at the next level. I, I I would like to call this now, though. I think um, you know we're going to be really surprised, and um, don't. Don't call me crazy, but I think Mitch Rossi gets drafted. Um, you know, I mean, he's a fullback, but – and I know fullbacks, you know, aren't a, a loved position, but he showed, you know, he could really pass block. He's a really good pass blocker. Um, can obviously, you know, lead block, pass block, catch the ball. His metrics are pretty good. You know, 19 reps on the bench press. Ran a 4.6. A 4.6. I mean, that's ridiculous for a fullback in my opinion. You know, that was .01 less than Cam Brown, a guy who thought we thought was going to run a, you know, a 4.3. So I think Mitch Rossi, I, I, I think he really does sneak in there in the seventh round. I think he gets drafted. Um I'm not sure by who. I'm not sure who needs a fullback, but you need a Mitch Rossi. I mean, you could always use a guy like that. I think that's a good pick. He's a good player. Um, and then, I mean, that's the last Buckeye I really have getting drafted. I'm just looking through this. Like Bradley Robinson, uh, he's a long snapper. He's definitely an undrafted free agent. No offense, my guy. Um, unless they really need a long snapper. Um, Pale Gayote, you know. Definitely a free agent, just because he he didn't play much at Ohio State. Um, Jerron Cage, maybe seventh round, maybe. Um, 
I would love to see him get drafted. I just think, you know, he's a little undersized. Um, so, yeah, and he obviously did – he was a rotational guy. Um, and that's really – I think that's really – there's Kellyan Gerdenstein. I, I'd never heard of him really much. And then Alan Smith were other participants. But it really feels like, you know, eyeballing this, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm just making sure my math is right. Most likely, I would say over under three and a half Buckeyes taken in the first round. It's really going to come down to is DeWan Jones a first round pick. I think obviously we're going to have three Buckeyes go close to top ten. Um, just outside, you know, it's going to be similar to last year, um, except we're probably going to have the first overall pick, but we're going to have three guys, you know, go in the top ten, close to top ten, definitely top fifteen. Um, the really question is, does Dewan Jones become a first-round pick? I feel like NFL scouts would salivate over Dewan Jones, though. When you look at him, though, because he's so big, so big, um, so productive in college, too. One of the best tackles. Um, I mean, just go look at Pro Football Focus. They tweet about him today. It was something like, I don't think he gave up a sack, minimal pressures. When you when you when you put that kind of tape out for a major program, you know you have a one of the best games of your career in the playoff against Georgia. And you're just a monster. Uh, scouts are going to absolutely love that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I find it almost impossible that Dewan Jones isn't a first-round pick. I would be shocked. I truly, truly would be shocked if he wasn't a first-round pick. Uh, but everyone else, I think, you know, the Buckeyes end up cleaning up very nicely. It's going to be really cool to see, though. You know, I, I really can't wait to see C.J. Stroud go first overall. Um, so those are really my predictions for this. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, and, and that's really all I got for this episode. You know, not not a super long episode. I just want to give you guys something to think about while, you know, Cass is out. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Notes podcast. And as always, go Bucks.